What's good, y'all? This is Robert Jackson. Thank you for tuning in to the podcast. And today, we're going to be doing something a little bit different than what I usually do for the podcast. Um, I'm going to be talking about specific topics and, uh, yeah, just pretty much think outside the box for, you know, just wanted to mix things up a little bit. So I'm going to, for this special occasion, I have a friend who I know from Skills Up, which is a wonderful website. Um, so I'm going to have somebody who is um, very familiar with what we're going to be discussing today. So I have Miss Lena in the corner. Um, <laughs> Thank you for I'm having sure. me. Yeah. So is this like the first time you've done one of these or have you um, done? I have done like um, audio drama in terms of podcasting just here and there. Not much recorded, but um, I've not done a live interview podcast. I've been interviewed before. But this is kind of new to my element. But thank you for having me. No problem. Um, so, yeah, would you like to um, for the I know that since this is kind of like the first time that you've done like an interview type of format, um, you could just share what it I mean, I know you also do like VO, you've done acting and stuff like that. So um, give a little bio about yourself. Yeah, so, I would love yeah. to. Um, hi, my name is Lena Ross. I am a voice actor based in Ontario, Canada. Um, I have been an actor for almost 10 years now. Um, I moved into VO during the pandemic and I realized like, this is my area. This is my space. I attended a, um, all hearts, all, all arts high school. Um, I studied drama. I studied musical theater. I studied acting and, um, it really is like just my area of expertise. And, um, I've, I'm currently in university for, uh, uh well, my major is kind of changing. I'm doing a lot of media studies. So I'm also talking about, you know, things like games and animation, uh, the, con uh, con sorry, <laughs> the, the distribution of media, the consumption of media, and um, just how the reactions to media. So it really is an area that I love to talk about. And um, yeah, I, I met Robert through Skills Hub. And um, I'm on my journey. I'm a bit of a character nut. My whole um, acting career is really based around the uh, creation of characters, building characters, workshopping characters, workshopping scenes. I'm a big character monkey, and um, I'm really thrilled to be here. Thank you for having me. Of course, no problemo. So um, usually I would ask, like, what actually got you started and blah, 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 blah. But um, I just wanted to um, change it a little bit into, like, um, so... I mean, I was always kind of curious, like, was acting kind of like um, your first big love into breaking into, like, I guess, um, entertainment or whatnot? Or did you always have, like, other, like, hobbies or passions that kind of led you to where you were, to what well, you're doing today? Well, yeah, I mean, I was always a, a big voice girl. Um, my, I, I mean, when I was really little, I always wanted to be a singer. Um, and I'm still doing that today. I'm still a musician. I sing a whole bunch of different genres of music. I can play several different instruments. I play guitar, piano, um, mandolin, auto harp. I even know how to play a little bit of accordion. Um, but generally it started with music. But then as I you know, started growing up, I watched a lot of like, you know, like the classic Disney movies and all of those DVDs had that special little um, like it's a behind the scenes feature where you could see the actors in their booths and the animators pointing things out. And I would see those actors in those beautiful sound booths and with their headphones on and reading all these like scripts. And I was like, oh, that's what I want to do. And I watched a lot of animation. And um, when I was in like sixth grade, I got really into Kingdom Hearts and I was like, hold on, there's this whole other world I didn't know. And I realized 
gaming's where it's at. I mean, I have a lot of other passions, but uh, gaming has really like gotten me out into the being an entertainer, being um, an actor. And um, as I started doing theater, because theater is really a lot of people find that theater is their break in. Not everyone, obviously, but um, it got me into it. And I realized, oh, my gosh, I'm really I feel really great here. I love this. And um, no matter how many times something happens, like a pan global pandemic hits you and you're stuck inside. I'm like, All right, I'm going back to acting, going back to acting, can't get back on that stage. But what I can do is build a little booth, uh, get a little mic, it's off camera and, um, really do what I love. And when I tied together, um, my little baby self who loved, uh, movies and I still do. And myself that loves video games so much. Video games are my, my movies. They're my shows. Cause I, I'm a very interactive person and I love interactive media. And I was able to tie all that part of my identity together into being like, yeah, I can definitely be a voice actor. And um, I'm on this path with you. So here we are now. Here you go. Um, it's just really fascinating how like with media and just stuff that we watched um, when we were children and it just kind of left a large, just, I don't know, something about it just really stood out. It just stands out and um, it's just something that like, you know, even years later, we just still talk about it with the same passion and just the same awe that we got when we were very, very, very small. So um, yeah, which I just wanted to ask you, what were some of the like meteors or stuff? I mean, I probably might know. Um, oh, if I'm gonna ask you like, what was something that really inspired you that it's still, uh, you know, a, plays a very large part of your life. And I kind of like, I've been to a lot of classes and workshops and I kind of probably know the answer to this specific question, but for the audience that doesn't know, what inspires uh, you? I, I told you video games. It started with Kingdom Hearts and all, and I guess that ties with all the Disney yeah, stuff. Kingdom Hearts, yeah. Kingdom Hearts was my, was my gateway drug, I guess it is. Um, yeah. And uh, that got me to try all these other games originally started in that little RPG sphere. And I think Kingdom Hearts got me into the side of video games that is storytelling because a lot of the times if you're not really like uh, big in gaming, I think a lot of people see the video game sphere as just like shooters like Call of Duty or Fortnite, or it's like just that area, but you don't realize how much of an interactive media it is. It's the, it's the cycle of media where something new comes in and people who didn't grow up with it don't quite get it. And um, I'm, I, interactive media is my gateway drug is just what I'm tying my way back into saying. Um, I think every time I pick up a video game and I'm able to, first of all, take control of that character and really, even if I'm not voicing that character, if it's a pre-voiced character like Geralt of Rivia or Commander Shepard, um, I'm, I'm still able to like pick apart their character in different ways. Or if it's an unvoiced one, I can like Outer Worlds or Dragon Age Origins. Um, I can like try my hand at saying like, all right, how would this character react? And um, I think that really got me going. And it was like, yeah, yeah. And I definitely remember being younger and seeing posts of just the people who are in the things I love. And I'm being like, oh my God, I want to do that. I want to be there. And, you know, when you think about jobs and they're, you're a kid and people are talking about like, what do you want to do when you grow up? You start with the whole, like, I want to be an actor. And they're like, okay. And then you grow up and it's less like, all right, something more realistic. But now I'm out of high school and I'm like, realistic, my ass. I'm going for what I love to do. And if I'm not doing what I love, as the ADHD saying is, if you're not doing what you love, 
you're going to go crazy. <laughs> totally. Um, I also know that there is a certain video game franchise that um, you keep referencing and talking about whenever we do the workshops, and that is... <laughs> Dragon Age and Mass Marshall. Effect. Dragon Age and Mass Effect. Those are my... Yep. I love them. I love them. They were the ones I played during the pandemic when everything just like grinded to a halt. I was really deep in theater during the pandemic. So, you know, you're stuck at home. And first of all, I didn't want to go anywhere first week. And then I realized, oh God, because I remember first week of the pandemic, um, it was a huge moment, especially in my voice acting journey, where I had just two weeks prior been cast as a dream role. You have a lot of dream roles in theater because, you know, you're not just doing the same show can happen more than one time. I was cast as Helena Midsummer Night's Dream and it was a it was a huge moment because I really worked hard for that character and I was so excited to play that character. Pandemic hit. I played Dragon Age, I played Mass Effect to get through it because I had nothing else to do. My family got stuck in Cuba. Um, <laughs> this is a whole other story. But, and then I was like, hold on. Being in a sound booth with earbuds or headphones and a mic and working on a project like Dragon Age, which is so long, there's so much character, there's so many lines and the freedom to make mistakes and to explore a character through not just the lens of like, you have to dance because any actor will tell you that theater acting and camera voice acting is a lot different because in theater, you have to be big so that the audience in the back can hear you. Like uh, my boss, Linda, who's a huge uh, theater nut, she always, every time we rehearse, she goes, she stands in the back of the theater and she mimics an old lady voice. And if you're not being loud enough, she goes, what's that dear? So it's a whole new sphere of acting that you come into. And I realize video games is where it's at. Oh my God. <laughs> totally, totally. Yeah, I guess I'm kind of the same way. And I guess another question that I did wanted to ask was like, how did, because I know you've, you were like neck deep into theater when I during the pandemic. So would you say that work has kind of picked up since like going the last, I'm actually close to like three years since we've been into this. Oh, yeah. um, it's definitely picked up since the pandemic because before it was kind of like you were doing good, but then like this hit and then all of a sudden it's like, what is happening? <laughs> I've gotten yeah. a lot busier all of a sudden. I, yeah. That is a really good question, actually, because um, before the pandemic, I was in my like, I was in the tail end of grade 11. Um, and then I started grade 12 in like heat of the pandemic. I, um, back in like right before it hit in that march 2020 i was i was doing back-to-back -back shows um which is i mean if you're like a full-time professional yeah back-to-back -back shows who like so many people have done that but i was also in high school so there was a part of me that was in high school part of me doing theater and i did about i think it was four shows where there was no break time between them like i would do the like week or week two weeks of performance um, which is, first of all, physically demanding as heck, especially when you're dancing. And I'm I'm not a great dancer. Um, that was a lot of work, right? And then pandemic hit. And imagine you're, you have a mountain on your back and then someone just shoves it off and you feel like a, like a speck of dust. And it's like, ooh, okay, what's going on here? Um, in terms of it picking back up, first of all, um, voiceover. It's, um, it can be an up and down when you're like, oh, you have like hundred different auditions of things that you can do. And then you get word back and lots of good, positive things are happening. And then you have a completely dry spell where it's like a tumbleweed just rolls across your booth. Um, but as terms of uh, theater picking back up, I definitely, 
I have not been doing theater myself, actually. I completely dropped theater. Not that I'm like, I'm never doing a musical again. I just, I find my focus elsewhere. I find my drive elsewhere. But in terms of live performance, I, again, I do a lot of improv. I'm an improv girl. Um, Maria said that I'm the empress of improv. So I, I put that on my resume. No, just kidding. But um, I, that's mostly the kind of live theater performance that I do. And it's a great way to still get up there. And there's, there's definitely been more shows. I've definitely done more open mics, more improv performances. Um, I work, I work with kids a lot in the theater industry. I, I teach them how to act. Um, I do a lot of voice work um, with kids, um, teaching them how to like project and um, uh, enunciate properly. So really it's picked up in a different way. See, like before the pandemic, I was, you know, I was uh, Mrs. Potts and Beauty and the Beast. And I was playing all these different characters and went into a lull. And then I came back um, teaching other people to do characters. And then I get to do my own characters in here. Oh yeah, that's, uh, yeah, definitely sounds like you've definitely got your work cut out for you. So that's yeah. really pretty much, it's a good thing to keep yourself, you know, busy and productive during these times. Um, I know that, um, I would just get bored because not only I just not only do voiceover, but I'm just kind of that guy who's like, okay, I just don't want to be bored doing one thing in particular. I just multitasking, like doing this, um, making content, writing, um, whatever else I'm going to be doing. I just recently got into casting, which is a lot of fun. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so let me see, let me see. So for improv and everything else that you do, like um, what is it about improv that just gives you so much, like, I guess just gives you that joy and the creative freedom to just do whatever it is, just throw stuff at a wall, see what mm -hmm. sticks. And yeah, what is that's, it that you enjoy so much about it? Yeah. That's good. I That's a great question. I I would consider um, improv and, um, spontaneous acting to yeah, really be at, at least, um, at least for me, I know some people like everyone had kind of has a different journey, but I would consider it the backbone of your performance, um, being able to say yes. And being able to adapt really, really, really quickly instead of dropping and like looking around confused. You don't want to be a deer in the headlights. You're, you're hopping off the headlights or you're sudden, or the deer turns around and now they're driving the car. Um, I, I would consider being able to, so, okay, it's a little bit of a story because I did not, improv was one of those things where it was never like, I'm going to do improv. It was really like all I had, the only option I had. I, my theater area has a little bit of a nepotism problem, especially back in the day. Um, so I couldn't really get in because my parents didn't know anyone. I didn't know anyone. I do now, but um, I, so I just tried it in different places. I um, did them at a show once. I did a summer camp and that's how I met my boss, Linda Cash. Um, I, I started doing it at school. I ran it in sixth grade and it was terrible. I ran it again in seventh grade and somebody else took control because I was in ninth grade and it was blah, 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 blah. I tried it again in uh, 10th grade. Nobody showed up. <laughs> um, but I think it is a lot of being able to throw it against the wall and see what sticks. And um, I think things are finally sticking. It's the baloney on the whiteboard. It's finally sticking now that I've thrown at the wall a hundred different times. Um, 
but being able to spontaneously create a character with a voice and even through and as I've learned like one sentence can establish so much about someone and once you have that pinpoint you can go anywhere it's almost like a conspiracy theory board where if I put if I pin a picture of someone to that board and I'm able to tie that picture up to like okay this character is a is a mother and she is in a in a carnival and they're looking for cotton candy you can start spinning more and more uh, little pinpoints on that board of a character and you don't even do it consciously so I would consider being able to come up with those scenes those characters and all that kind of acting just in the spot really valuable first and foremost because those skills especially after I took Brian Palermo's class um, wove together into a technique for auditioning where I feel like completely just drenched in the character and when I say like yes I'm dripping with anger I am dripping with mom energy I'm dripping with this 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 and this I feel like I'm bringing forth something and whoever's listening on the other end is not just going neutral read they're they're going oh okay all right and and then when you do it live and you get reactions you feed off those reactions. And in audition space, you're probably not getting much reactions, especially since we record distantly and then send it in an email. Um, but you feed off of the reactions from other people. It's it's a wheel and it keeps spinning. It's a, it's a cartoon snowball that gets thrown down a hill and now it gets comically larger and larger and larger. It's so much building and so much character. Um, and it, and it, when you, you know, you do a certain amount of auditions and you don't get something, which it, it happens to everyone, literally everyone, no one is immune you you want to find a place to still bring those characters to life you didn't get the part but we can still bring that character to life in an improv space or you did get the character we're still bringing them to life in the improv space yeah yeah so um since we're almost like you know 20 minutes into this um we've talked about um some of your career and trust me i would love to talk more about you for hours about like um you. you know, with what you do and stuff like that. Um, so we've talked about Mass Effect, we've talked about like Kingdom Hearts, uh, Dragon Age and all that good jazz. Um, so I specifically wanted to um, have you on today's show because um, I know that I might have done, I talked about this in like some bits here and there in past episodes, but today I just wanted to specifically focus on something that I know that is... Um, still like especially now like as we're going into the year um as we're kind of sort of wrapping it up there's been like a lot of um there's just been an explosion of like um lgbt representation and um not just that there's also like um i mean basically since 2020 we've been getting a lot of um you know with black lives matter and other issues that we have been um seeing in the industry um so we're just going to talk about the positive aspects because yeah. like um i just really don't want to open like uh, a can of worms and just talk about sure. why you know or at least the controversial aspects of it so today i just wanted to talk about like how much because when you really watch um like from childhood and up to now because we've been getting a lot more of because we've been getting a lot of changes in the industry, um, for better or worse, and I think one of the more positive changes is getting, like, of course, more representation. But um, in your case, um, I know that you have been um, very, um, I think, let me see, 
I'm just looking at some of the comments that you told me, um, because I know that um, you were playing a game and then there was um, mm -hmm. a character who was asexual. So I wanted to specifically talk to you about like how it all kind of ties into acting, like with you in particular and how it um, helped you really find your own unique voice when it comes to VO and just performing in general and how it has effectively changed the industry in a positive way. Yeah. Like in your case. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, to just preface with myself um, for everyone who's listening in, um, I, I use she, her pronouns. I'm a cis woman. Um, I identify as an asexual lesbian, which means I have uh, no sexual attraction to anyone of any gender, but I do have romantic attraction towards uh, women and other people who are girls. <laughs> um, but in um, I remember I was talking last night because I was on a stream watching Hunter uh, play The Outer Worlds, and anyone who's played The Outer Worlds knows that one of the first companions you get is also an ace lesbian. She her name's Parvati, and she she outright says like I have never had attraction to anyone in in a physical sense and i and it's definitely alienated me from the people in my life and there was another huge moment with that character where um you as the player can say i am the same way i experienced the same thing as you that was huge that was huge especially um for me playing that and being like oh my god i've barely seen this before and when it comes to um, being LGBT and finding your own voice, well, um, I, I'm, I'm probably going to talk a lot from the ace perspective because that's a perspective I that I hold very dear um, to my heart because it's it's a huge part of my identity. Um, so it is assumed that anywhere from one to five percent of the world population is ace or somewhere on the asexual spectrum, which isn't huge, but it is massive. There's a few uh, million people are who are like me or feel in a similar vein. And we are 5% of the population, but that's still another 95% that we don't fully connect with. If I was in a room with 100 people and I were like a cast is going to put on a show, five of those people are ace and have nothing to want, not, aren't really into physicality and that kind of stuff but 95 are you bet your ass the cast is going to focus to appeal to more people so we have a lot more content that focuses on the allosexual perspective which is the opposite of asexual so allosexual is people who do experience sexual attraction um but where it comes to taking um an ace perspective on either an ace character an eric a character a character that could be ace or is ace um depending and a character who is obviously not. Um, we have to find our voice through, okay, I'm gonna rephrase that a little bit, but like how it's one of the questions of being an ace actor and playing a character who might may be ace, may not be ace or is not, is how do you put a perspective of someone who doesn't feel something, right? Because acting is all about feeling and it's all about reaction and emotion and what like what are we in in this space how do we react to what just happened uh what is my goal and when you have an identity that is based around a i don't want to call it a lack of something because we it's not that we're missing a piece it's that uh, that piece is just spread elsewhere um we just don't have one thing but we do have something else and bringing in a perspective of just not having one thing but having another a, a lot of people might find 
the ace uh, perspective of not having sexual attraction as limiting. Whereas I think we're able to think of it in a hundred different ways. When we tackle um, relationships, I might pull a little bit from the Bioware book because a lot of people who've played Bioware games, Dragon Age, Mass Effect, know that like romance is a huge part of it. Um, and sexuality is all over that. And that's not a bad thing. It's really great. We had some incredible strides through those games. Um, but taking the it away from just um, a physical sense of just wanting one thing um, and being able to open up to a more emotional side or um, focusing on what have these characters been through and not just like, I want your body. It's more about like, okay, how do we find that connection to each other? I think the ace perspective really brings us into that. And when I, when I read these characters who are obviously not like me in that way, first of all, I'm very much, again, like I said, I'm an ace lesbian, but I play a lot of, you know, kind of the, as Robin put it, the three characters in gaming are either soldier, sexy, and friend. And I get to play sexy a lot. Like I play these kinds of characters and they're, they're not me, but I, I think I'm able to bring a unique perspective to it in the way that I dig into it and it's not just about like what do other people want from this character what does this character want from the world right right yeah um and there have also been uh you've mentioned video games there are also a lot of shows out that are um that are definitely more on the like there's been a lot of mainstream shows that definitely do focus a lot more on uh you know, characters who are like lesbians and also uh, characters who are ace and getting a lot more of shows that are just kind of, I think the show that really came out in the 2010s that was very groundbreaking in that regard was Steven, Steven Universe. And then mm -hmm. since then it has been um, other shows that have followed along with that. Like, um, let's see, there's Owl House, um, the new She-Ra and a couple of other ones that are not coming to my mind for some reason i'm sorry but no, um yeah those are just kind of like the biggest ones that kind of stand out to me in a way um and let me see movies i know there's a couple of, excuse me there's a couple of movies that are more focused on that aspect and we've been getting a lot more of um specific like and not just that but it also comes with the issues and the struggles of um finding your own like you know people who are um like basically finding your own identity and finding your own um uh, because i know that like i mean like personally for me like um i can't really speak on anybody who has had to struggle with coming out as um you know what like coming out to their parents or in a way but like feeling the struggles like especially when when you go back to the 90s 2000s to some extent um i know that the struggle of like even coming out to anybody about this is like like let's just say that the environment was completely different than how it is right now so it's um really interesting like when you go back like um hey so we're getting these family friendly wholesome shows in the 90s like full house family matters um you know these sitcoms that are family based but today like i said steven universe and they just pretty much dominated like i mean the, the influence is still felt today uh but back in the 2010s it was like kind of like whoa nobody has seen this before and um like with you you mentioned earlier it's like whoa this has not happened before. 
Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, so it's crazy how much time has changed. And, exactly. Um, yeah. It is another thing to remember that um, now our story, I, I would say it's less that it's never been done before. It's now that the stories are being um, put into the limelight. Um, yeah. a creator, I really like fresh spin yeah. on it in a way. Yeah. yeah. We've it's, we've been around forever, but now our stories are finally being um, sent into the limelight. And I, I, um, I, I don't want to talk too much about like Steven Universe, Owl House, Shira, because I actually haven't seen them. Um, okay. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I know, I know a level of it. I don't like sit down and watch them because, again, like I said when I talked about games and interactive media, I, I need to, I need to be like doing something with my hands. So I much prefer video games, but I can yeah. speak in the way that, um, especially um, since they're not marketed towards like little little kids, but they are in the um the zone of you know tweens right um that and and tweens is the era where most people figure out who they are identity wise and it's um the age where so many people um realize it's like okay if i experience identity differently than the majority um where do i find it and again um the the thing about lgbt is that we are a huge spectrum and we're already we're working internally not to gatekeep which is a whole other uh, thing on, on itself but every identity will be different. So it's not like every single identity can be perfectly portrayed um, on a screen. Um, the way I experience one thing will be different than everybody else. But at the end of the day, we're all part of this community and we want to see each other. We want to uplift each other. And like when it comes to all those strides being made, it's it really is incredible because we've only scratched the surface and I'm already seeing like seeing myself so well represented in a character like Parvati from the Outer Worlds or, um, you know, like a character in a game that I enjoy is, it's incredible. And I, I also look at, I haven't watched the Owl House, although I get a lot of Owl House content like on my like recommended feeds on social media. Um, and I know a lot of younger people are watching Owl House, like people who are, you know, 12, 13, 14, and um, them knowing that what they are experiencing um, maybe they're questioning their gender um, maybe they think that they like the same the same sex um, like them knowing that they're not a freak they're not broken they're not you know they're not a waste of space is amazing and um, veering off a little bit from LGBT just going into general women's issues um, and going back to video games seeing so many games like from Mass Effect Legendary now having all the femship stuff everywhere and um, Alloy and um, Horizon Zero Dawn and Ellie and, and Last of Us and having more women in the limelight. And a lot of those women are also queer, like Ellie in Last of Us. I, I haven't played Last of Us in a long time. So if something was off with Ellie's character, I, I wouldn't know. Um, but there's just so much more being um, shown. And I, I also appreciate just from my perspective that a, at least a lot of the media that I consume has had women and queer women in the POV role because it's, and I don't know, not because, but like, it's just incredible to finally have a really refreshing perspective since, especially in gaming, which really did start with the whole um, big buff man who shoot good, um, get hot women. It's a really refreshing perspective. And um, and, we're, and to start, talk about men really briefly, men are now exper men are now being represented with more emotion and not just um big buff guy like i said big buff guy who shoot the thing good it's now it's it's not like old wolfenstein and duke nukem we're now getting characters like kratos who are more emotionally available we're getting um 
we're getting people with so many feelings and perspectives and I, I know I'm getting a little off topic, but where it all comes together with LGBT representation and how it is affect positively affecting everyone, not just people who are queer, who are lesbians, who are trans, who are ace, who are um, gay, um, who are non-binary. It's um, opening a door for a whole new level of perspective. Um, where the world was so split into the box of boy and girl and all of that is in the straight and there's some people on the side who are a little different it's now the people who are different are now sharing what it's like to feel different and even the people who traditionally fit boxes can uh, learn something from that and understand their perspective uh, share emotion share experience share thought and connect on a deeper level as humans and we're doing that a lot through media and through the stories that we're telling in newer media like video games and media that's been around for a long time like movies and i mean i say like yeah they they've been around for a hundred something years um first animation was technically in you know 1859 with the thomatrope or whatever that's called um and we've come so far <laughs> it's really an incredible thing to see yeah, I mean, here we are in 2022. Um, for me, um, and it's so true because um, I grew up with, because as a kid, because I would watch movies with my dad, like, we'll watch the Rambo, you got the Duke Nukem, the Terminator, I'll be back, you know, that stuff. Um, and of course, the Rocky movies. Um, but I mean, they're still really good. Um, I mean, we've been getting a lot more, um, because... I think as we're progressing in in society, I think we've been starting starting to get like a lot of like you know more diversity, more um, you know complex issues that are going on that have been we've been struggling with because uh, with mental health and you know all of it was stuff like that. So um, yeah, and if I were to talk discuss mental health, like. I think that would be a different, a totally different, like, um, podcast or a different discussion for, like, another day. Like, that's a whole separate thing, like, yeah. a separate part in and of itself. So, um, yeah, I mean, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to the Queer Vox, PGM VO list, um, uh, VOC Takeover, like, specifically Queer Vox, because I know that's run by JP Carly, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I don't know. I'm so, not on it. I mean, I probably yeah. should, but yeah. So um, I'm going to give a special shout out to Queer Fox, and since we mentioned Skills Up, Jennifer Hale, because of course, like you mentioned, uh, Female Shepherd, Mass Effect. So yep. just want to give her a shout out. Thank you, Jennifer, for all your hard work. Thank you, um, uh, Jennifer, Karen, and Bill for putting Skills Hub together, um, and for putting up with a lot of us every time we have issues. Putting up with my improv rooms. <laughs> yes. Exactly. So um, yeah, since we got like a few minutes left. Um, yeah, is there anything that you want to discuss? Any upcoming work or projects that we can look forward to? Um, do, to do. I don't know. I like I said, I've been a bit on a hiatus. Um, but I, uh, like, well, first of all, thank you for having me, and thank you for uh, being willing to openly discuss things and um, yeah, talk to course. a member of a different community and it's great to be able to connect with yeah. you and you have a refreshing perspective that I don't have because we're, we're two different people I live in Canada oh, yeah. you live in the states um yeah. we're different age different race different gender um mm -hmm. and it's good on you to like open up and be willing to talk to other perspectives and yeah. um open discussion is amazing 
and we have so much now, not just because of the internet, but, um, and I, we, we talk a lot about the alone together concept in the internet, but at the end of the day, we are forging a community and that community is founded on our voiceover journey. Um, how mine might differ from yours and yours might differ from mine. And someone watching who's also a voice actor is probably also going to have a completely different one from you and I, along with perspective, right? Um, we might not have the same identities, but we're all coming together in a shared space to recognize um, the past, the present and being ready for the future. Connecting on the moment that is now is so crucial, um, knowing things that have happened and bringing that to connect and uh, find our humanity in the alone together space of the internet and moving on for a lot of really amazing things. And I, I'm just really excited to keep working on this VO journey with you. Thank you for having me on the podcast. Yeah. Um, any closing final thoughts or any words that you want to say to the audience out there? Ooh, that's a, that's a good question. Um, since today's topic has definitely been focused on the LGBT and I'm going to talk to all my aces out there. I'm going to talk to everyone out there. I don't care what your identity is, but if you, if you think you're LGBT, if you don't know, if you're, if you're going into the one space coming out of the other, cause you're not sure, or you are sure. And there's people who have doubted you, you are so valid and you are so loved. This is a space and you will find your space. You will find your people. Um, you are really not alone, no matter what you're feeling no matter how you experience your gender, no matter how many, how you experience your sexuality, um, whether you have um, attraction or not, uh, whether you feel it here and there, um, whatever gender um, attracts you, what you want to look like, it doesn't, I don't want to say it doesn't matter because it will matter to you, but what matters is that it does, it's, it's you. It, you don't have to do it for anyone else, especially my young people out there who are constantly trying to prove themselves to other people. You don't have to do it. Just do it for you. At the end of the day, do it for you. Do your career for you. Um, explore your identity for you. Do it because um, this is the only mortal shell you'll ever get. This is the only life you'll ever get. I mean, some people do believe in reincarnation, which is super cool, but this is probably the most human life you're gonna get. Um, so live it and do it for you. Amen. Amen. So yeah, um, <laughs> um, that's a pretty amazing way to close out today's episode. So thank you so much, Lena, for uh, joining me once again. And um, yeah, this will be up on YouTube and other podcast stuff. If not today, then definitely tomorrow. So stay tuned. And um, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for watching. Stick around until the next episode. And until then, this is Robert Jackson signing out of here. And until Hi. then, this is Lena Ross signing out. Have a good one. Bye.